0: <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing good I'm doing good I'm doing I love good. it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing good nice to see you my brother oh you yeah. as well you as, as well
1: you. and it, it's funny because okay you know we don't typically introduce it like that I mean welcome to another episode of Stoke Stokemere but I'm excited <laughs> because we have we have Nambia Konko and Nambia Konko is one of the premier artists in African art and I met uh, Namdi. Good grief! Back in the eighties, and yeah, at the, late
0: eighties, man, late eighties. I
1: know, man. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing, Karcha's uh, wife was actually there, right? Wow. Uh, she was leaving right when, when you, you were coming in uh, wow. into that school over there. But um, since that time, I, well, well, I'm gonna let you tell the story. How did you even get to Hawaii to go to school?
0: Man, it's a crazy story, man. It's really a crazy story. You know, I mean, I I guess I could say that, uh, you know, I got recruited to play basketball from Nigeria. You know, (laughs) that's kind of how I ended up there, you know. But the story behind it is too long to tell. Oh,
1: you got (laughs) to tell a
0: little bit about it, though, because you didn't even play basketball when you were
1: in Nigeria until later on, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't start playing basketball early in life. You know, in fact, I didn't even know what basketball was until I was, (laughs) I had never ever seen a basketball game, had never ever seen a basketball until I was about maybe 17. And the only reason, the only reason I had to figure out what basketball was because I grew tall, you know, I'm, I'm about six feet, eight, six, nine, you know, and when I was 17, we had moved from a little town where I was born. So a bigger city, if I had remained in the little town, I wouldn't have I wouldn't be here now. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But because we moved to that bigger city, I will run into people. And the first things they will ask, the first thing they will ask me is, do you play basketball? <laughs> you go, what's basketball? And I'm like, what the heck is that? And, and I got tired of saying no. You know, (laughs) especially when I saw that, you know, when I said no, it was almost like, you know, I went down in the wrongs of being cool because you see basketball was an American sport. And if you played it, that meant you were cool. So when I said I didn't play it, suddenly I wasn't as cool, you know? Yeah. So I I had to figure out what basketball was. So that's kind of how I ended up playing basketball. You know, it's crazy. So how peer pressure, basically. It
1: is. That's yes. <laughs> how you played basketball before you got recruited.
0: Probably about let's see, about five years, five years. You know, yeah, but you gotta know that wasn't really organized basketball. You know, <laughs> so w- w- when when I got to Hawaii where I met you, mm-hmm. I had never ever run a play before. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> Suddenly, I was. Thrust into a situation where I had to learn a play, I had to run a play, you know. Yeah, so that was a, that that was a lot of pressure on me, which nobody knew, by the way, you know, because the way I carried myself, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. So How
2: they, how'd they find there? you? How they find you in Nigeria to come play ball?
0: Man, you guys are asking me questions that require five hours to account. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll do a part two then. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you can do you can do a, a seven part series if you want man I tell you I got so many stories to tell you know you know the funny thing is that I didn't know how I the coach in, in, in Hawaii found found out about me until I got there. I remember one day I was saying to him how did you even <laughs> how did you even have, how did I even end up here? How did you ever get to know about me? You know, it was then that he told me about a guy who I knew in Nigeria, but who I didn't know was the one that, you know, communicated with the coach and told him about me. Yeah, but I did not have any idea. It was completely a miracle yeah. to me. Yeah, it's just amazing, you yeah. know, and well, I can a, get it. Okay, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, well, it sounds like we've
2: got, as far as you getting there, that's a whole nother episode we need oh, to Oh, yeah. Have. Oh, man, but, it's, well, it's,
0: you know, it's, let's put it this way. You know, I mean, I can get into it now, but it's going to take up the whole podcast. Sure, sure, <laughs> no, seriously, sure. it's, it's going to take up the whole whole hour, you know. so So, I don't know. Whatever you guys want me to do.
2: <laughs> well, let's get into what you really enjoy, and that's the art. Yeah, Let's talk about your your kind of story along those lines because yeah. you know, I think as much as people understand that it's difficult to make a career in sports, yes, yes. I'm sure it's also very difficult to get started and get a career in art. Yeah. Too. I think that's fascinating.
1: Well, yes, yes. I want to interject a little bit about this because when I knew when I first met Nandi I had no idea what the heck he was doing except uh, playing sports. <laughs> I remember you were dilly, dilly-dallying in art over there. And, and, and as a matter of fact, one of the funniest things I remember is I, I challenged you to a foot race. A race you remember? <laughs> and not me 6'9", and I'm 5'7". And I remember looking over to the side and his hip was almost to my face.
0: <laughs> yeah, you so, were you got such a crazy man. I tell you. <laughs> but
1: the funny thing about that is that's that's a nominee I, I knew and loved and, yes. and such. And you know, you we're still great friends. But then, you know, fast forward a couple of years later, I'm living in New York City and I bump into you in New York City, I go, What are you doing here? And you were. You were presenting your sculptures, yes, yes yes, 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 and then yes. fast forward a couple more years, and I see on Facebook in Samuel Jackson's swimming pool with one of your sculptures. <laughs> I go, hey, wait, 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 what, what? When did you start doing this, man? So, yeah, so I, so how to to Gary's point? How in the world did that happen? And you what know, you know
0: I got I got. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, yeah, it, this is fascinating because, you know, there's so many things that come to my mind, you know, and I'm, I'm gonna find a way to hopefully make it work. You know, I, I almost wanna say a prayer now, you know, man? <laughs> 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 you know, but you see, you see, everything in my life is sort of interwoven. You see, my basketball life and my art life are uh, so strongly interlaced, you know, because the 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 without my art, I wouldn't have found basketball. And because of what I learned in the beginning, you know, through my art, I was able to persevere and make it to Hawaii, you know, yeah, with a basketball scholarship. So they are all interwoven. So when, when I came to Hawaii, you know. I had already known I was an artist because I had studied quite a bit in Nigeria art, you know? And, and, but I felt that art was something that I could always do. You know, basketball was the thing that was at the top of my mind then. You know, I knew you could only play basketball for, <laughs> I mean, when you're 40, you couldn't be playing basketball, but you can still do art. Yeah, so, but let me go back and tell you how I got introduced to art because you're asking that question see when I was growing up I mean one of the fondest memories that I have is, and this is as far back as I can remember was having this love for art you know and I ne- but I never considered myself that I was very talented in it but I just loved art. You know, and my mother would encourage me, which was weird because, you know, back in those (laughs) days, (laughs) even now, you know, it's, it's hard to hear that. You know, parents will want their kids to do something more practical, but my mother will encourage me to in art, you know, and I had an experience when I was about seven that kind of devastated me and sort of caused me to turn my back on art. You know, because I felt it wasn't something worthwhile for me. And I'll tell the story, Rick. You know, I was about seven. My aunt was going to visit, you know, my father's sister. We only saw her maybe once every other year. So being seven and, you know, always wanting to please, I was anticipating and excited about her coming. So I thought, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do for her when she shows up? You know, so I thought I will make a drawing. And I did this drawing and I knew that she was going to approve of it. She was going to be excited about it. So when she shows up, (laughs) the first thing that I did was present this drawing to her. And she looks at the drawing and I'm thinking, you know, with anticipation in my eyes, thinking that she's going to be like, wow, you know? And she says to me, when are you going to start using your time more wisely? And she tossed the drawing aside, you know? Oh, man, this was, you know, I mean, it was like the proverbial putting a a knife in my heart. You know, I was devastated, you know, and I walked away. And from then on, you know, I sort of withdrew, you know, from art. You know, it it stopped being the thing that I wanted to do. You see what I mean? So, but I mean, and this is why I believe that. I kind of believe in destiny, but, you know, I also believe that people have their destiny in their hands, you know, in the sense that, you know, your decisions, your decisions will eventually determine your destiny. Because when I was 17 and I forget about art, I just completely forget about art. But when I was 17, I had graduated from high school and I was wanting to go into a higher institution. And I wanted to start a business because that was the in thing. then everybody wanted to do business marketing, you know, because that is the fastest way to make money, (laughs) you know. But I couldn't pass math because you had to pass an exam, a particular exam to go to a higher institution in Nigeria. And one of the courses that I had to pass was math to do business. And I couldn't. The second year I tried again, I couldn't. And my mother would always say to me, I think you need to go and study to be an artist. And I was kicking and screaming, what the heck am I going to do with art? <laughs> you know, I didn't, want to, I, didn't, I didn't want any any part of it, you know. But when all the doors began to close on me, you know, I just wanted to do something. And so when she kept on saying that, you know, I thought to myself, maybe I should take this woman seriously. You know, maybe I should listen and obey, you know. So I decided, okay, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do that. I'm going to try my hands on art. And then remember then I was I wasn't considering that I had any talent by this time. Zero. You know, so I signed up for I applied and got accepted in an art institution. The first week I was in that institution, I started regretting what I did because it was obvious to me that the guys that came in with me, we are already like, I mean, they were like Picasso already, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what am I doing here? Anyway, but within a couple of weeks that I was there, I had an encounter with a guy named Paul that was to change my whole life, you know? And see, Paul was a senior student, you know, majoring in painting in that school, he was fantastic, you know, and we we wanted to go to their studio to look at their works, you know, the senior students, but we couldn't because in Nigeria there's this thing about class and seniority. You didn't go anywhere like that unless you were invited in, you know, but one day we felt like there was no one in their studio and we decided we needed to crash in and see what, you know, what they had <laughs> in their studio, <laughs> which we did, you know, and we were, you know, and it was rumored that some of them were some of the final year students were so great. And some of them were bad, you know, some of them were worse than us. So we went into the, the their studio thinking there was nobody there. And of course we were blown away by some of the paintings that we saw. And I remember we were admiring one of them, you know, and suddenly we hear something when we turn around and there was a guy coming out from an adjoining room there that we didn't know was there. It turned out it was Paul, you know, and we were scared. We were young kids, you know, and we started. But then we found out he was the guy that painted the masterpiece that we were admiring, you know, so we began to lavish all kinds of compliments on him, you know, telling him how great he was. Right. That was when he said to us, you know, I'm going to tell you guys one thing. There were about four of us or five of us there. He's going to, and then he, he proceeds to tell us this. He says, you know, you guys can be better than me if you want, or you can be equally good, you know, by the time you become a final year student. And we're like, what? What? You know, (laughs) and he says to us this, that all it's going to take was practice. That if we are going to, if we leave that studio that day and go buy a sketchbook and drew and sketched, like if our lives depended on it, you know, in four years, you know, we're going to be just as good as him or maybe better. And then he said something else. He said, well, you know, you're gonna you're gonna take this seriously, you know, because don't let any day go by without drawing. Even if you fall asleep at night and realize that you, you know, you turn around in the middle of the night and it came to your mind, uh-oh, oh, I didn't draw today. Pull yourself up. You know, set something up and draw. And make a long story short, it felt like if God himself, if, you see, I've always been spiritual. You know, I have to say this. Yes. From the get-go, I've always been a spiritual soul. You know, I've always believed in God. And if God himself had appeared to me that day and spoken to me, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have been more impactful. Than what, in fact, I, later on, I was thinking, man, maybe God did appear to me. <laughs> in disguise, you know, as Paul. Because I went out from that meeting and bought a sketchbook, and did exactly what he, he said that we needed to do. And I guess the rest is history, you know. But the funny thing was that when I discovered basketball, I, it was late in life, right? You know, and it was a few, probably a year after this encounter, you know, and everyone is and to me, there is no way you're 17 and you're hoping to go to America to play basketball. There is absolutely no way you stand a chance. But I remembered what Paul said, you know, and I remembered that it, it was working for me in art and I knew it was going to also work for me in basketball. And that's exactly what I did, you know? Yeah. so, so, so. So instead of, because you know, there were so many times I felt like, yeah, you gotta give up this dream. But the dream of coming to America was something that I, you know, ever since I can remember, I had. You know, yeah, I'm gonna let you guys say. So. <laughs> I know. I'm going crazy, you know. But no, what's amazing to me,
1: Nambi, is you you hit on something that, as as, as Karch and I have interviewed a lot of, a lot of different people even before this 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 podcast series began it was those that did that exact same thing they did one little thing at a time it wasn't some great big thing it was always a little thing that they did over and over and over again that led to other inspiration yes yes get them to the next level and i didn't realize that you had done that with basketball too i thought it was a flip <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no! Yeah, so no.
0: amazing! Yeah, carry yeah. on. This is great. Yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, it's it's. In fact, I'm surprised that I haven't gotten emotional yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let it fly, man. Let it fly. And, I, and I'm hoping I don't, you know, because because this is. I mean, I mean, I mean, because I look back now and I said, see, my dad passed when I was 12, yeah. and if he hadn't passed that way. My mother had only one sister, you know? I mean, that was only the relative that I really considered a relative. You know, she was the only one that was very close to us. It was half, you see, after my dad passed away when I was 12, my mother's sister insisted that we leave the little town where we were living to move up to the city where she was living so that we can be close to her, you know, so that she could help us. If it wasn't for that, (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't be here now because it was when we moved that I decided to study art. And then I went to the art school that was in the same city where I discovered basketball. You see, yeah, so, so you look back, you know, and you see how things that might have been difficult when they happened to you, even devastating when they happened to you, became the way, you know, that your life was being, you know, kind of uh, moved to the direction that it's supposed to go.
2: Well, I think that yeah. uh, that also says a lot for your, your mother. I imagine it sounds yeah. to me like she was a very incredibly strong person because here she lost her husband. Yeah. And I imagine the, the knee jerk reaction would be to start leaning on you.
0: And yes, yes,
2: yes. Have you go into something, you're like, okay, I need you to be a lawyer or something so that you can help support the family. <laughs> you know, that's amazing.
0: It is. It's crazy. Yeah. It's funny then. You know, in all these years, I never really thought of it this way. <laughs> you know, I never. They never come to me this way. Yeah. See, she, my mother is 88 now, and she lives with us. And, you know, she's sort of like the shell, physically speaking. Her mind is still sharper than mine but she's the shell of the person that she used to be physically speaking. But, so she's very strong mentally. She's She had a lot of things, you know, that happened to her that would have destroyed her if she wasn't. So, so for instance, she came from a family of about, she had about 13 siblings or 12, I can't remember. Yeah. All of them passed away in their infancy. Wow. <laughs> Including her parents Ah. So she was brought up by her uncle So this sister that I'm telling you that she has Who, you know, sadly passed away a few years ago Mm. Was actually her cousin Ah. You know, so when she moved in with her uncle You know, her mom's brother You know, that's when she became really very close with that cousin Mm. You know, and unfortunately that uncle passed away a few years later, uh, you know? Yeah. So she's, she's, she's had to go through a lot of, you know, t- you know, tough things in life, but, you know, she reminds me of that poem. I wish I can remember, remember where he talks about, um, ah, what is this poem? If I said it, you'll remember, but <laughs> if it comes to my mind later on, I'll mention it, you know, but it's, yeah, she's had to go through it a lot and through it all. You know, she her, her faith is still as strong as ever. You know, yeah, she's she's a, she's one heck of a woman.
2: Yeah, and she had faith in you
0: too. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah, saw, you know, she saw the which, potential in you. Yeah, which is amazing because <laughs> 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 because you know, a lot of my friends you know that I grew up with thanks to Facebook were able to keep in contact. Even now, they mention it to me and they mention it to the whole world that I was the last person that they would have expected to be successful in life. Because all I wanted to do was goof around, talk, you know, anything for fun. You know what I mean? I was never, I I, I never distinguished myself in any field of endeavor, except in perhaps Talking, you know, and just <laughs> yeah, so 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 it's amazing. So for my for my mother to have had faith in me, then you know, it, it's just mind-boggling to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. But I had faith in myself, which was amazing. You know, I had I had faith because even though that I didn't think I had any special talents, there was something in me that just made me believe that I was sent here for something special. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so, and I was just waiting to realize what that thing was, yeah. you know. So when, when I spoke with Paul, you know, when I had that encounter with Paul, it was almost the beginning of the new me, you know, because it was almost like I heard... From him, And I'm sure my teachers, my mom and dad might have said the same things later on. But for some reason, it didn't stick with me. But when Paul said that, you know, it was almost like I heard for the first time the way to become who I thought that I had the potential to be.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that. I mean, that really could have been an experience that could have gone very different. Like you said, I mean, you guys were like. You guys were sneaking in, you know. Yes, yes. So I, I, I think it's so interesting to see people like you that have been successful in what they they've wanted to do in life, or kind of yes. like you said, the kind of their destiny. It yes. always seems like there's those moments that could have gone either way. Yeah. And yet, you know, here you are. Like I said, it woken up the giant, so to speak, in you. Yes, yes, yes. And even yeah. though you you felt that and you always knew that you were gonna be an artist. Yes. there's always those moments that I think are so interesting that kind of yes, just yes. get you going and, and yes, after yes, that, yes, there was no stopping yes,
0: you yes yes you know what's also yes.
2: interesting with
1: that though too is that because of all those experiences I remember when you were going through some pretty rough times over over there at the university right and, yes, yes. and I remember in some of those conversations you would you would refer back to those strong people and how you, yes. so you, to, you you needed to you needed to pr- not prove yourself but essentially it drove you to become better and to understand yes. that everything you're going through is a, a temporary thing and yes it, and again i look back at that that time i mean heck that's almost 30 years ago right man and here you are in 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 the limelight. I mean, I've seen you everywhere. <laughs> yeah. that, what's amazing of, it, of all that is that you're, you're still the same uh, giddy fun person that <laughs> you were back then when we were giving each other a hard time. And I think that that's a, a true Testament of the type of individual that um, all those people helped you become. You're true yes, to yourself, yes. not bending to what, what people. Think just, and yes. driving.
0: Yes. You know, you know, there's been, I was going to say, I may be giddy, but not white as you, you know.
2: I can see why you two would have gotten along very well. Let me put it that
0: way. I, mean, I mean, we were next door to each other, you yeah. know, and I remember we would goof around during the day and then at night I couldn't sleep. You know, because I was going through some terrible time, you know, and I'll open the door and I'll knock on Maurice's door, and his him and his roommates will be like, and I'm thinking they were thinking this is Namdi again. What does he want? <laughs> and I'll I'll ask him to pray with me because you know, of some of the things that I, I was going through, and they did.
2: Yeah. That's awesome.
0: You know. It's just, uh, you know, there's a, there's kind of a saying. I believe this is, this is kind of like a Nigerian, maybe an African saying. My mother used to say that, you know, when she would encourage us to work hard and she she would say, but you know what, you know, and this is, you know, because, you know, most kids are lazy, you know, I probably was lazy too then. And she would say, you know, you know, it takes, it's a hard road, That leads to glory, you know. And the saying goes that if you were to tell a poor man, if a poor man was to find out exactly what it takes to be rich, they will rather stay poor. You know, they will come to the conclusion that they don't want to be rich. They will rather just stay poor, you know. And as I look at my own life, you know, if someone had told me and sat me down, say when I was, even after I had that encounter with Paul, you know, if someone had sat me down and kind of went through with me, you know, some of the challenges that I had to encounter, you know, and not only encounter, but some of the challenges that I had to overcome to get to where that I am today, I probably would have been like, you know, maybe I don't really want (laughs) it. I don't really want any part of it. You know, yeah, yeah. So because I've had to, And this is where I, you know, in the beginning, I said something to the effect that, you know, I sort of believe in destiny, but I also believe in the fact that you have to act to make that destiny, you know, come to be. Because there were so many instances in my life, like you guys have suggested, when I could have taken the other road, you know? And if you, there's one that I want to share real quickly, you know, that. You know, it's amazing because I'm writing some of my life story right now, you know, and that's the, the, the exact spot that I am in, in the, in the story. You know, it, and it was, I mean, it's just, man, it's a long story. I don't even know how to, you know, make it short. But <laughs> suffice it to say that at a point, you know, I, I told you that. I've always had a dream to come to America, even, even till today. It's been 30 years since I, I've been to America. There's no day that goes by that I'm not grateful that I'm in this country, you know. And I think it stems back to how much I wanted to come to this, this place, you know. So And there were so many obstacles in my way. And I remember when I finally got connected to the basketball coach in... Um, in Hawaii. And you know, back then all we did was write letters, you know, and we finally came to a point where he agreed that he was going to recruit me. But then he sent me all the documents and particulars, but he warned me that I needed to have a visa before January 7th, 1989, or else I couldn't come. I'd have to wait for the next year, you know? And man, I could have cut off an arm (laughs) <laughs> to come to America then. So there wasn't anything I wasn't going to do. So, but for some reason, I couldn't, I didn't receive the, the the documents, even though he expedited it via DHL, you know, a courier service. I, it just didn't arrive. And they sent it around probably November, the whole of December. I went to the post office every single day. There was no mail for me. And in January, I think it was around January 5th, now, remember, the cutoff time was January 7th. I had to have my visa by January 7th. So I think it was around January 3rd or 4th. My friend, Frank, convinced me that I needed to go into the post office and ask him, you know. And I'm like, you know, why ask him? If I have a parcel, there'll be a slave in the box, you know. But and every day he will try to get me to go in and I wouldn't. So on that particular day, I decided to listen to him, you know, and I went into the post office and I remember they sent me to a room, you know, where I could find out. And I remember the moment that I started asking the guy sitting behind the desk, the the moment I started, you know, telling him why I was there, I looked down and on his desk was a DHL envelope. And on on closer inspection, It had my name on it, and it was from Hawaii. So I said, this is what I was, you know, this is what I came to inquire about, you know? And I grabbed it, and I said to him, why didn't you guys put a slip? And I can't remember the excuse that he gave me, but I was so excited, I grabbed it and ran outside, and I was screaming to Frank, I got it, I got it. And I opened it right there at the post office, and I saw that the documents were already expired. Yes, they were already expired. The dates on them were not valid anymore. You know, but I, 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 am, I, I was thinking then that perhaps this is only a test. <laughs> this is only a test of my faith. I'm still going to take these expired documents to the embassy, which I did. So I left my house that same afternoon, not knowing if I were ever going to see my mom or my brother. Again, I just left. I took a night bus, the 500 miles that night, Wow! you know, to go to my brother, where my, my younger brother was only 21 then. By then I was 23. To where my, my younger, younger brother lived, for some reason, he decided not to go to school. He went into some business and he made some money. So I went to his place because he was going to be the one to buy me a ticket. <laughs> you know with the ticket, I had to go to the embassy you know even though my my the documents were expired. so I remember going there of course he's telling me that this is not gonna work. there's no way my documents were expired and in my mind I'm thinking I have to show my faith by my actions you know so I'm like, no problem. let's buy the ticket. So we bought the ticket make a long story short. The next day I got into another vehicle. To the embassy, which was only about three hours away, maybe hundred and something miles. Make a long story short, go to the embassy. Everything was working fantastic until the guy looked at my uh, the documents and he says to me, "You know, we cannot give you a visa because your documents are expired." <laughs> so, 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 I mean, you can you can put yourself in my shoes, you know. Right. So, but the amazing thing happened. As I was devastated. I was disappointed. But I remember walking out of the embassy and I was feeling this kind of peace, you know, that I couldn't describe. Why was I feeling peace when I just received a devastating news, you know? So I went home back to my brother and he told me, well, I told you it was going to happen. You know, that night, one of my friends called me and he says to me, what is going on? So I told my friend, you see how, if, if you notice the stories that I'm telling you, there was always a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so so he says, if I were you, I would go back to the embassy. I didn't understand that what he meant was that I should, because in Nigeria, there were two embassies, one in Lagos, Nigeria, one in Kaduna. I had gone to the Kaduna embassy and was rejected. But foolish. You <laughs> know, full, you know, foolishly, I went back to the Kaduna Embassy, you know. And I got there, went to my friend's house that I was supposed to stay the night with before I would go there in the morning. And he's like, Nambi, what are you doing here? They just rejected you a few days ago. You know, that's no, that's no way they're gonna give you a visa. And to Make matters worse, when they rejected you those days, they put a stamp on your passport because they didn't want you to come back until another six months at least. Oh man! You know, yeah. So, so see, so I, so, so he convinced me that I needed to not go to Kaduna Embassy but try my luck in Lagos Embassy, and Lagos was another five hundred miles away. You see, the whole reason I'm telling you this story is because there was a decision time like no other that was coming up for me because to go to that Lagos and remember now, oh, I didn't tell you that I, I bought, a, <laughs> I bought a plane ticket that was supposed to depart on the 17th and it was a non-refundable, you know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and by this time, this time was like, okay. then I, I don't remember the exact dates, but this evening that I was, that I was having to make a decision whether to again, board a night bus to go to Lagos from Karina was the eve of Martin Luther King day, 1989. So it would have been maybe the 15th or the 14th or the 16th. I, I don't remember. Yeah. So I went to the bus, uh, the bus, uh, whatever we call it. I can't remember exactly what we ca- call it, you know and I was gonna get on a bus to travel all night to Lagos. That's when all these feelings descended upon me. I mean, it was, and they were all negative feelings. And I, was, for some reason, I was sure that I was going to die, you know, because accidents happen like that in Nigeria. You know, there were so many people that, that has died from freak accidents like that. And I even saw mental images, you know, of accidents and I was involved in, I saw a newspaper article in my home state saying, aspiring basketball star dies in an accident. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to get on that bus, you know? And I thought, but if I don't go, if I don't get on that bus, that's pretty much saying goodbye to all my dreams, right? I had to find out. So I remember I was thinking about it. I was praying about it. And then the idea, idea came to me to take a walk and really pray and think about it, you know. And I and remember, I was, I was under pressure because of, because of the time, you know, because my flight was going to be leaving in the next couple of days. Anyway, it was while I was taking a walk that I made that decision. Because, I, and this is why I decided to do it, which is funny. This is, this is why I decided to go. I said, you know, if I don't take that trip, I will never, ever know what would have happened, you know. And if I take that trip and die, I mean, at least I will die going for something that I really believed in, you know. And if I don't die, and this is where you guys come in, I will always have a story to tell. You know, that's the whole reason. So, thinking this, I made my decision. If I die, I die, you know, but I'm going to go. I have to find out what happens. And if it goes well, I'll have a story that I'll tell forever. Anyway, that's how I got on the bus, got to Lagos the next morning, which was Monday. Now, remember, I didn't know anything about public holidays. Went straight to the embassy. There was no soul at the American embassy, you know. And my flight was supposed to leave the next day. And there was no soul at the embassy, you know. Yeah, so to make a long story short, because this is really a long story. I went, I found a friend that lived in that city, stayed the night with him, planning that I was going to go to the embassy the next day. So the next day, and that was the only day that I had to spare. <laughs> I went to the embassy. And I'm not going to tell you guys what happened. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you kind of figured out what happened, you know. Yeah, but yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's been an amazing journey. You know, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, that amazing journey continued because after school, you get married. And ironically, this is the crazy thing. Then I moved to Idaho. And- yes, yes. I work with your wife's brother, man. <laughs> How random is that? <laughs> but, but I remember you were struggling. Uh, you were you were in Utah at the time, and and yes, yes. all of this art and such was like, what in the world? Yes, yes. Was yes. in Utah? And you and it's it's much like when your father passed away. Yes, yes. You had to move, right? You had yes, to yes, move yes, to somewhere yes, to, yes, to do yes. that. And there's a couple of things that. I found interesting that you told me maybe you can expound upon and that the first is, is the move. But the second one is where Deidre did not let you pursue a regular career. You remember? Oh yeah. 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 That, yeah.
0: That's, that's amazing. You know, thanks for asking that question and bringing that point, you know, because I always feel like, you know, I leave the most important ingredient behind if I don't speak about that particular perspective, Because, and that's why, again, I tend to believe in destiny, even though that you have to make, because I am confident that if I had ended up getting married to any other girl, I mean, you know, in Hawaii, there probably are so many girls that I thought, man, (laughs) (laughs) and then they'll break your heart, you know, and then you spend the next two months wondering, you know, (laughs) what you did to God. But it's only now that I, I look back and I thank God, You know, that my heart was broken so many times because I I would have ended up with a girl that I was certain would not have made it, you know, created the atmosphere for me to thrive as an artist because because I know that if I wasn't married to Deidre, I don't think I would have, you know, stayed being an artist because and there was a particular experience that happened that illustrates this point beautifully i think i think it was around 2010 11 you know during the great recession you know i've always prided myself on being the hardest working man on earth you know i mean i can i mean if it's going to take work if it's going to take suffering I am willing to do whatever it takes just so that I can succeed. Nothing. I I don't like anything to stand in my way. And I don't like excuses, you know, but I was doing everything. I was literally on the road like 36 weeks, 36 weekends of the year. I was literally driving from place to place trying to sell my art, you know, nothing that I did was working. Somehow we were surviving, you know, even though that every new day seemed to be the last you know, but somehow we made it to the next day, you know. And I remember this particularly tough stretch. I was driving home and I just decided, you know what? As as tough as things are in Nigeria, <laughs> maybe we should move to Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should move back to Nigeria. So either that or maybe I should just quit doing this, you know, and go get a and go get a day job somewhere i'm sure that you know i mean and and by then we okay let's put it that way so i came home and i i spoke with my wife and i said you know we either move to nigeria or i'm going to go get a job and she said well you know you know maybe maybe we can move to nigeria she actually liked the idea you know, because, you know, she, she's, she lived uh, a year and a half, a year and a half in Ecuador, mm-hmm. you know? So she likes the idea of, uh, you know, going to foreigner places, you know? So she welcomed that idea, you know? But when I said to her that maybe I should go get a job, she said to me, that will be over my dead body, <laughs> you know? You know, she said it would be over her dead body for me to get a job, you know. She said to me that she so much believed in the potential that I have, you know, to be a great artist, that she will first go get a job, you know, before I will stop being an artist and go get a job. And when she said that, you know, man, I couldn't put into words, you know, how much of a shot in the arm, you know, that it was for me, you know, and yeah, so, so, so she's really special. Yeah.
2: It sounds like you can almost have like your mom part two, kind of that
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolute oh, yeah. vision of who you are. Oh, yeah. it's, it's almost like the good Lord knew that I was going to be useless on my own. So, <laughs> so, really, I'm not kidding here. So he surrounded me and he continues to surround me with, you know, the help that I need you know, and I'm being as serious as serious can be, you know, because as I look back, (laughs) I know, I mean, it does take a certain kind of personality. I'm very stubborn, you know, and I feel like, you know, when I hear something in my heart, that it's, what I hear in my heart is more real than the things that I see with my eyes, you know, so I'm stubborn that way. But without the people that I've been surrounded with, you know, I don't think that I will be any good? <laughs> I
1: think, yeah, you know, man. that's amazing, Namdi. That's amazing, and I'm I'm looking at all your success now, and I, I, once again, once you look at all of the things that you've accomplished and the people, it makes sense why you're, you're successful, um, and it's not it's not because you were cocky or anything like that. I've never known you to be cocky. <laughs> Listen to this story; it's been yeah. inspiring, uh, and uh, just looking at the people you've, you've influenced because of the people that influenced you.
0: Yes, Just, yes, yes. I mean,
1: Look yes. at those pictures of you and Samuel Jackson in a, a, as a pool. It looked like <laughs> you guys were long-lost buddies, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to that point because other people helped you get to that point. I mean, what it, <laughs> <it's> a story. <laughs>
0: It's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a great blessing to be an artist, you know, there's no day that goes by that I don't say thank God when I wake up in the morning that I am an artist, you know, I've got to do things, meet people that I would, I mean, I, I get, it's almost like on a daily basis, you know, emails and phone calls from people that have purchased my work one place or the other, or might have seen a clip of my work on the internet. You know, they will call or they will text to see, to, to tell me how impactful that experience is being to them. You know, I spent about a month in China, you know, a few years ago, only because they saw my work on Facebook and wanted to bring me over there to do this, the biggest sculpture that I've ever done. And to see how they treated me, you know, it's, it's just amazing. You know, and and yet it's funny because I got to I got to find a way to insert this, not with any animosity in my mind, because because, you know, people always do what they believe is right. You know, people are well-meaning. But, you know, you may not know this, but, you know, while we are BYU Hawaii, you know, so many times the parents of my friends will come from um, from the mainland and inevitably they want to take their kid and his or her friends to dinner, you know? And inevitably the discussion at dinner will uh, eventually gravitate towards, uh, hey, what are you studying? You know, and, and, and this friend will say, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. Computers, computers were the in thing then. Yeah. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be a computer this and that, and it will come to poor me, you know? And sheepishly, I was there, you know, I'm trying, I'm starting to be an artist, you know, and I could, because, you know, I'm sensitive, I'm an artist, and I could see the look, you know, the fleeting look in their eyes, like, is this guy crazy? And on like one or two occasions, the dad of my friend will take me outside, you know, on our way out and say, son, so you came all the way (laughs) From Africa. They didn't even say Nigeria. They would say, son, you came all the way from Africa to go to school here. (laughs) And you think that (laughs) that what you want to study is art. And I'm like, yeah. You know, and, you know, so I had so many experiences like that where I had to question myself seriously, you know. So many times I went back to the dorms thinking, Namda, what are you doing? Everybody thinks you're a fool for studying art, you know. But every single time I felt like this is, you know, why I was here, why I was put down here, you know. And I would go out thinking, well, you know, I'm going to do it till, uh, you know, the very end,
1: yeah. you know.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it amazes me as you had, I don't, I wish those people could understand who you were hanging around with in that art department. I mean, I look at Brett Garrett. I look at Leroy Tran, yeah. I look at some of those folks. Yes. Their, their sculptures are all over Hawaii. Yes. Uh, yes. Their jewelry is all over the world. And, yes, and yes. I mean, it, it blows my mind. How many yes. successful artists came from that that yes, group? Yes. Right. So, yes, yes, yes.
0: uh, (laughs) You know, you know, since we're broadcasting this to the world, you know, we might as well, you know, every now and then, you know, there are some certain things that I hold on to as wisdom, you know, are you probably not going to work for everyone? You know what I mean? But, it, you know, there are some of the things that have worked for me. And I try to tell my kids the same, but, you know, kids, you know, I mean, just like I probably didn't listen well to my parents, but I went and listened to someone else, you know. But I've always believed, you know, even when logic was telling me differently, that I had the potential to be the best in what I'm doing, you know. I mean, this is, this is not something, so, you know, I share easily because, you know, you know, but in the interest of truth, you know, you know, I've always felt that it is, it is, it is good to always believe—not that you're better, you're gonna be, but that you're, you're the best in what you're doing. You know, and when your eyes tell you differently, yep. because of that belief, you know, that belief will push you to work, yep. so hard, so that you can become what you're seeing in your mind's eye. You know, and I try to tell my kids, don't measure yourself. Don't want to be mediocre. Want to be the very best because that wanting will make you to work to be the very best. And when you work to be the very best and you're willing to sacrifice to be the very best, you know, even if you don't hit the sky, you're going to hit, you know, somewhere way high.
1: Yeah. You know, you bring up another important point is there was a fighter that I, I was listening to interview. I didn't particularly care for the fighter, but she, they, they asked her uh, if she could beat Mike Tyson. She was a world champion at the time. Yes. And she goes, as a world champion, I'd be a fool not to think I couldn't beat him. Yes, so yes, it, it, yes. It was yes, amazing. It, it's a yes, yes. that you exude. You have to have that yes. belief. Yeah.
2: But that's fantastic wisdom. Yes, well, yes. I got to say a couple of things. I First of all, I've, I've known... I've known Maurice a really long time. Yes, yes, yes. And one thing, It's kind of really interesting to look at both of you. And there's one thing that I can say about people that, that I've seen in my life that have been successful is I know for a fact we could roll back 30 years and you guys would be the same personality that you are right <laughs> yes, now.
0: Yes. You yes, know yes. what I mean?
2: And yes. I, I think that oftentimes gets, gets glossed over is I think yes. one of the attributes of really successful people in their field is, You've made you you've remained true to who you are. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Like I, 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 I I'm almost seeing like these these two young kids in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> you know, candy, you know, just having a good time and helping each other. I'm being supportive of each other. Yes, yeah, yes, other yes. Than you're just good, you guys are just good people. You yes, know? Yes, the second yes. thing, thing that I that I that I'm seeing from you is that. The people that, that are also successful, and I think you just touched on this in your last statements, is you didn't allow society to push you against something that you didn't believe in or that you didn't think yes, yes, was, yes. was in you. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, and yes. And I think yes. there's so much pressure with social media and everything else
0: to be listening
2: what other people are going to want, want yes, to tell yes. you. You know, yes, how, yes. Did you, how did you maintain that focus
0: i mean it obviously wasn't easy no it, it was not you know to be to be brutally honest i think that if 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 it wasn't for my faith that in the principle that there is a god you know i, I wouldn't have been able to you know to to weather the storm of pressure you know to do something else because Even growing up, and this isn't something anyone really, I can tell you that I read in a book, but I sort of reasoned that if there was a God, he must then be the one to give people talents. And if he was the one that gave people talents, then what kind of God would he be? If he gave someone a talent and that someone worked their butts off, worked their butt off, that someone is unable to make a living with that talent that God gave him, you know? So it didn't make sense to me that God would give me a talent that I couldn't be successful with if I did my part, you know? So every time I thought that, I was like, yeah, if I give up art, I will give up believing that there's a God, mm, period, yeah. you know? Because because the two cannot, you know, and, and it just, I guess it's a natural a natural, uh, a native, uh, a native uh, attribute that I think that I have, that I don't take things just, you know, at their face value. If I'm going to, for instance, using an example, if I'm going to believe in God, I'm going to be all in, you know? And, and if I see, and if I couldn't be all in, then what's the point of believing in God? Yeah, so I've used... Every experience, the good and the bad, especially the bad, you know, to kind of experiment, (laughs) to see, you know, yeah, yeah. Without that faith that I had in God, you know, I wouldn't have been able to. And also without some people, you know, that I felt, because even then when I got to Hawaii, even though that I was facing incredible pressure to do something else, one of my art teachers, you know, Jan Fisher, you know, he was God sent. It was almost like God put him there just for me. <laughs> it was that's what I felt because he inspired me so much to heights that I never even knew existed. He so believed in my potential and my ability to be someone in art. You know what I mean? And he didn't, he didn't, he, I mean, he lavished every praise on me. And and that without him to, I, I doubt, you know, if I would have, uh, you know, believed in myself as much as I did, you know, the way that you have to believe in yourself to actually go and make something happen. And so there are a few people like that, you know, that, <laughs> that seem, you know, to be put in place just, you know, for my benefit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me of the, we had a uh, podcast with Sean Covey here recently and that's yes. one of the things that he he touched on was the people in your life that give you affirmation are yes. just, it's so crucial. And yes, you don't yes. know who you are for someone else. You know, yes, so yes. you can motivate them to do great things in their yes, life. Yes, yes, you know? yes. It's yes. interesting how those, yes. you've had a few people in your life like that. that yeah, yeah, really
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And you begin to feel that you, you don't want to let these people down. You know what I mean? Because they, 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 They believe you can do anything. You see what I mean? And because they believe you can, and you know they are sensible people, you know, you're not paying them to believe what they believe. they just, there's something they must be seeing that you may not be seeing, but they believe you can do anything and you don't want to let them down.
1: True. That's awesome. Now, this is, this is, uh, I don't want to take a whole lot of your time, but I, We said this with multiple guests, but this is—it stands true. We got to do this again, man. (laughs) So many good things are coming from this, and literally we could go on and on and on. But the inspiration that you've evoked over the over this interview—I mean, I could feel it. This is really, really thought-provoking stuff. That I know that. my my family's gonna benefit from once they listen to oh, it. Yes,
2: yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. We we've got to break this down even more. You've got so many chapters in this story that I I
0: I want to hear. You've got to do more. You yes. absolutely yes, have yes. to do
2: more. It's been a pleasure. Yes,
0: yes, yes. I mean, if you guys are not just saying that, you know, no. to make me feel good, you know, no, I will wait. be ready when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are definitely doing you this know, again, know, man. You know, so you know, you know. watch out. <laughs> Watch out. Hey, I want to really thank you guys. I want to really thank you guys for this opportunity. Because remember, remember what I said, that one of the reasons that I took some of the steps, as difficult as they might have been in the past, was because I felt that if I succeeded, you know, there will be opportunities like this to tell that story, to inspire others, you know? Yeah, Yeah, so. You
2: you were awesome. We're dead
0: serious, so it's um... on. So thank you. Thank you. We will catch you soon, my friend, okay? All right, all right, all right. God bless, man. Both of you, God bless. You guys are cool. (laughs)